Hello and welcome to Hobby Homies. We are your weekly tabletop podcast. I'm Shane. As always, we're hanging out with Fox. Howdy, my friends. Howdy. Howdy and cheers. <laughs> Sorry, I, okay. I, I froze. Yeah, I just remembered that there's people listening, not watching. So I yes. did the classic Zoom freeze on Shane just then yep. where I sat completely still with a blank smile and stare Motionless. at my face. Motionless, yeah, yeah. yeah. Did it get you and- for a sec? It kind of did, yeah, okay, and cool. especially because I cheers, and then I looked like a fuckhead because <laughs> <laughs> I didn't cheers back. Yeah, it was but, perfect. But everyone listening has probably turned it off because they've gone, oh, it's corrupted <laughs> like, or something. Yeah, they're like, oh, is this buffering or something, <laughs> or is this just the podcast? Yeah, because cheers, we know, honey, cheers. We we know two seconds of silence is an eternity when you're listening to something. So <laughs> especially us. So. <laughs> yes. Yeah. <laughs> So today we are taking our part two in the HP Lovecraft little deep dive. Um, yeah, yeah, man, I'm super excited for this. Before you get into it, I just want to quickly uh, let you know this episode is brought to you listeners by our patrons. Their yes, it is. Continued support keeps us, they're like little defibrillators, keeps us going. Their support keeps us on life support. It keeps the heart of the podcast just Pump enough pump. to stay alive to get to <laughs> hospital. <laughs> exactly. We're, yeah. we're in hospital. Um, so, if you listen to our podcast at all and want to get around the support as well, um, for as little as, I think we've got a new tier for $2 a month. Two bucks. Um, you can get early access, extra entries to every giveaway we do, which is actually a lot, at mm. least two a month, um, as well as an exclusive giveaway to all our patrons. Yes. Uh, Discord roles and more. So, just... Our Patreon, you can access via our hobbyhomies.com. There's a little button for it. Click that, suss it out, let us know. Yeah. Now, Shane, last time we did, you did, sorry, a deep dive into <laughs> Lovecraft. It was his early life. Yes. So, I'm guessing, you haven't alluded to this at all, but this quite possibly could be his later life? You would be correct. Oh, thank goodness. It was a 50-50, dude. Either is or it isn't, so you... I mean, yeah, I was always going to get it. <laughs> yeah, exactly. It's 100% so, always 50-50. Can, now, it's been a minute. It's been a couple of weeks. Can you tell me what you remember from episode one? Because wow, I know Lovecraft has been something that you're not really familiar with. So, I want to test you right now and just, just ramble off whatever you can remember. Sure. Right so, <laughs> to be honest, I don't remember much about his actual um, life itself, but more... Oh, it felt like he had quite a disturbed... Remember there was a loss there. Was it his mother who was basically his only confidant? He was quite isolated and, and really his mother was his, almost his only friend. And yep. then he lost her and maybe he kind of went off the rails or that's where his the darker part of his work started. That's all I can really remember. No, that's that's pretty much it. He, he had a lot of a lot of loss. He had his uh, father when he was very young, five, I think off the top of my head, yep. uh, and his grandfather as well who became the sort of the key male role in his life. Um, yep. And then, yeah, his mother in his late 20s, I'm going to say off the top of my head. So, yep. Yep. yeah, a lot of hits very early, um, which, yeah, definitely could have contributed to his feelings and his uh, emotions and mental state, which would create such a unique uh, universe i guess so yeah yeah where where did you do you remember where you left us off last time where did you get what was the last absolutely so 
<clears throat> I will, uh, <laughs> well worth the Patreon dollars right here. <laughs> <laughs> okay, so <laughs> it is absolutely necessary for the safety of mankind that some of the Earth's dark, dead corners and unplumbed depths be let alone, lest sleeping abnorm- abnormalities wake to resurgent life and blasphemously surviving nightmares squirm and splash out of their black lairs to newer and wider conquests. So in the previous episode of the series, we talked about the early life and works of H.P. Lovecraft. This episode, we'll be going into the works Lovecraft became known for and his later life. Interesting. Where we left off. No. Sorry. Yeah, go. His earliest works, I'm just trying to remember because... I remember last time I was like, there were short stories, I believe. And I was like, yeah. oh, sweet. I grab audio book, 10 minutes. I can do that. Never did it. <laughs> can you, do you remember the names of a couple of his earlier stuff? Yeah, absolutely. One of his earliest and probably his like, most popular early works is a story called Dagon. Um, Dagon. Which goes for about 15 minutes. I'm going to say off the top of my head, the audio book. Um, yeah. Yeah. Okay. So, cool. Yeah. Sorry for it's, that interruption. I just no, don't remember be sorry. one of the titles. Don't be sorry. It, it isn't quite set in the Cthulhu mythos, but you get the HP Lovecraft vibes from the get-go. So, it, awesome place to start. Oh, <laughs> got to give me a sip of that. You got you, Well, get a long straw, dudes. I'll get through the screen. <laughs> uh, one day we'll have that sort of technology. Where we left off was yep. Lovecraft's mother, Susie had been admitted to Butler Hospital and died due to complications after surgery only five days prior. Lovecraft was struck and wrought with despair, though he soon came to relief as he was able to live independently from his mother. That was a good poor dude. Thanks, man. I was just <laughs> just trying to see if it came up well. It's almost millimeter perfect. Yeah, and it's nice and hazy too. Thank you. For those it's actually, listening uh, and you oh, want sorry. to see this, check out YouTube. Yeah, absolutely. Give yeah. us a sub. Uh, give us a comment. Yeah, Let if you can know. sub, that'd be great. Like if you can get your like partner's phone and sub with theirs and probably like your mum and your dad's phone and brother's phone, just click sub on even strangers in the bus. That's fine. We're going we for the numbers. We're going for PewDiePie's <laughs> numbers. We yeah. absolutely are. We think we're we think we're pretty much the best uh, entertainers in the world. So got to be. We've got to be. <laughs> <laughs> so he soon came to relief as he was able to live independently from his mother. His physical health began to improve, but he was unaware of the exact cause. He continued to attend amateur journalist conventions where he met his future wife, Sonia Green, at one convention in July. That's good. I was a little bit worried for the lad. Um, happy to hear he got married. Yeah. Curious about what kind of character Sonia was. <laughs> she seemed kind of normal. Oh, okay. That's good. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Lovecraft's aunts disapprove of his relationship with Sonia. I couldn't really find any reason as to why. Um, She's although normal. She did have a desire to relocate to Brooklyn, so oh, okay. maybe maybe taking you know their their nephew away was kind of one thing that they weren't a fan of. Yeah, especially uh, when they, I assume they would have probably been quite involved with their nephew. nephew yeah, uh, you know, supporting him through all his many losses. Absolutely, o- almost yeah. would have felt like their son. Their, ba- their basically, little, yeah, yeah. yeah. Yep. Yep. Damn it, Sonia, um, you bitch. Don't take him away. Wait, was that a name? Sonia? Sonia. Yeah, yeah, yeah Sonia. Cool, cool. Yeah. So, Sonia thought she needed to leave Providence to flourish and was willing to support Lovecraft financially. He was fascinated with New York City, where he acquired a group of encouraging and intellectual and literary friends who urged him to submit some of his stories to the publication Weird Tales. 
its editor, Edwin Baird, accepted many of Lovecraft's tales, including Imprisoned with the Pharaohs, which was ghost-written for the famous escape artist and stunt performer, Harry Houdini. Love me some Houdini, man. Oh, yeah. I'm such a Houdini buff. <laughs> that's very cool. That's, well, that's, very cool. The, that's a book that he released, which, yeah, was ghost-written by H.P. Lovecraft, which is pretty insane. That's that's awesome. Because ghostwriters are normally no names, you know? And, and I, I mean, yeah. at this point, he was, but like... Totally. Yeah, it's just, it's insane. That would have been cool to later down the track, maybe drop that truth bomb, be like, oh, yeah, you know that book by Harry Houdini? <laughs> I, I ghost wrote that. Yeah. Be like, what? <laughs> what? Yeah, true. <laughs> yeah. I imagine that was a, a thing of the time that would have been news, drama. Yeah. I don't know. <laughs> Seventh page of the New York Journal. It's yeah. like, oh, there you go. HP yeah. wrote that. That's oh. interesting. Yeah. <laughs> This group of writers, informally known as the Kalem Club, was established some years before Lovecraft arrived in New York City. Some of the core members were boys' adventure novelist Henry Everett McNeil, the anarchist writer-slash-lawyer James Ferdinand Morton Jr. I've always got three names. <laughs> That's how yeah, you know they're well, good. Yeah, well, Jr.? I mean, that, is that four? Maybe. Yeah, and, it is. And poet, Reinhard Kleiner. <laughs> oh, oh two-named poet. <laughs> disgusting <laughs> get out of me with your two names <laughs> yeah we're gonna replace you with hp oh wait <laughs> on the first day of the new year of 1925 sonia moved from brooklyn to cleveland a trip of nearly 500 miles or 800 kilometers for those who use the metric system superior system for a job opportunity and lovecraft left their apartment for a small first floor apartment on the edge of red hook a small neighbouring suburb in Brooklyn, which would come to discomfort him greatly. Later that year, the Kalem Club's regular attendees would be joined by Lovecraft, his protege, Frank Belknap-Long, bookseller, George Willard Kirk, and Samuel Loveman. Ah, they always finish off with a two-name pleb. True. <laughs> it's three-name, three-name, two-name. Uh, I've got the system. I, I'll, I'll work on it though. Next time I do something like this, I'll make sure they're all three names. Don't worry. Yeah, I don't want to know about any two name scrubs, dude. <laughs> what is that? Was, they're, they're nothing. I need to know three names minimum. Yeah. <laughs> if there is some god out there with four names, apart from old old mate Junior, I want to know about it. I want deep dives yeah. on every. No, that's fine. <laughs> <laughs> Not long after their marriage, Sonia lost her business and her assets disappeared in a bank failure. I wonder where her assets went. <laughs> HP. <The> bank failure. <laughs> uh, bank error. <laughs> bank, yeah, bank, but not in your favor, so do not collect $10. Wait, does bank failure mean she had her money in a bank that collapsed? Yeah, so basically when a bank takes your money, they reinvest it to make money, right? So sure. if, if they lose all their money on bad investments... They can't repay their creditors or their debitors, right? Sure. So they just say, "Sorry, uh, we're shutting money. the doors, and and your money's gone." Like, huh. it doesn't make sense. <laughs> you know? Yeah, it's pretty pretty nutty. But the joke's yeah. on them because I have their money, I guess, <laughs> on account of having crippling mortgages. Crippling yeah, debt. I mean, I suppose. But the thing is, like, if you lose that money, you can't just say sorry like sorry you know my bad or Watch if you me. die they'll like 
go after your son. Yeah, so, watch, and I know watch, he's like, watch me too. So <laughs> not even two. He'll put up a fight. <laughs> He'll give them the good, good guy guys. And they won't know what to do. True. That's not a legally binding contract. <laughs> yeah. Wow. So she legit yeah. just like by no fault of her own lost her money. Yeah. Yes. Bank, bank lost so her money. Her business sort of failed. And then like what she had in the bank just evaporated. So damn. Yeah. Kind of like Sounds getting like, kicked while you're down, you know? It's kind of like getting Mount Gox with your Bitcoin. Sure. Which, judging by your <laughs> like reaction is. So, just, never mind. I don't think we have got time for a deep dive. Yeah, into I'll Bitcoin, tell you in the bees and banter. We'll talk about Bitcoin and the bees and banter. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> so, Lovecraft made efforts to support his wife by working regular jobs. But his lack of work experience meant he, had, he lacked the necessary skills. You know, he'd, he'd never really worked a day in his life. He'd always just lived at home. His parents were wealthy. His grandfather was wealthy for the yep. early years. Yep. Um, he didn't need to work. You know, he had a library with 1,500 books in there. Like, you, who, needs, yeah. who needs to work when you've got a fucking personal library? Yeah. I wouldn't. I mean, I wouldn't. <laughs> no, you I replace mean, library with room full of hobby, and that's as if we would work. True. <laughs> we just hobby, hobby all day. Yeah. <laughs> we, if we didn't have to work, we wouldn't. No one would. No, of course not. The publisher of Weird Tales was attempting to turn the loss-making magazine around and offered Lovecraft a job as editor, in which he declined due to his reluctance to move to Chicago. The job was quickly accepted by Farnsworth Wright. And let's just say he looks like a Farnsworth. Oh, really? Before before you derail the episode and Google him, I am going to send you a picture of him. Thank you. (laughs) Thank you for having that ready and... You couldn't be more correct. He stands <laughs> at, at a cool nine foot tall, yeah. wearing pinstripes. Yep. And that's a Farnsworth, dude. That's a sneaky, slimy Farnsworth. <laughs> yes. He would take the job. That's so Farnsworth, man. Yeah. If I so, could describe him in one word, Farnsworth. Farnsworth, yeah. <laughs> he rejected, um, sorry, whose writings Lovecraft had criticized. Um, Lovecraft's submissions were often rejected by Wright, although after Lovecraft's death, Wright accepted many of the stories he had originally rejected. So, jumped on the bandwagon like he wouldn't For sure. Him. For yeah. sure. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> I've always loved lo- lo- Lovecraft. <laughs> yeah, In fact, re- before me, he was just called Craft. <laughs> that's how much I love him. <laughs> we were best mates. Yeah. That's, yeah. that's Farnsworth to a T. That's him. Sonia soon became ill, and after recovering, she immediately moved to Cincinnati and then back to Cleveland as her employment required constant travel. Adding to his failure in a city with a large immigrant population, Lovecraft's single-room apartment was burgled, leaving him with only the clothes he was wearing. In late August... Can this man get a break? No, it doesn't seem he can. (laughs) (laughs) It would not appear that he can participate (laughs) in said break. (laughs) In late August, he wrote The Horror at Red Hook, which is a transitional tale situated between Lovecraft's earlier work and the Cooley mythos. Although, this story depicts a sinister devil-worshipping cult rather than the the cosmic threat depicted in his later works, it is believed that this story was an attempt to widen his markets in pulp magazines. The narrator in this tale says, My coming to New York had been a big mistake. For whereas I had looked for poignant wonder and inspiration, I had found only a sense of horror and oppression which threatened to master, paralyze, and annihilate me. Wow. This was this was an expression of Lovecraft's despair of being in New York City. And it was near this time that he wrote The Call of Cthulhu, hmm. with the theme of insignificance of all humanity. 
1926, Lovecraft had moved back to Providence and lived with his aunt in a spacious Victorian-era wooden house until 1933, where he moved to 66 Prospect Street, which would become his final home. His move back to Providence brought some of his most prominent works, including The Dream Quest of Unknown Cadath, The Case of Charles Dexter Ward, and The Shadow over Innsmouth. Even he knows the key to a good title is three names. The case of, what was it? Charles Dexter Clark? Dexter Ward. That was close. Yeah. But it was Charles Dexter Ward. Yeah. Three names. Yeah. I'd love to go back to that time where we call everyone by their three names because most m- most people still have them. Yeah. W- what's yours, Shane? Christopher. Shane Christopher Grossetti. <laughs> yes, it is. <laughs> Except that Italian. <laughs> <laughs> it only got Italian after Christopher. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> well, At about the Hugh. R of Grossetti. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yes. Michael Hugh Fox. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> no. Michael Hugh Fox. Yeah. Yeah, that would be cool. I would also like to uh, bring back the nomenclature of just naming the kid the same name as you, calling <laughs> yeah. them the second or junior. Oh, this man! I wish I was at the second or a th- or a third. Yeah. yeah, maybe maybe my next son will be Michael Fox the second. Yeah, but then my first son will be like, why not me? Why? Yeah, well, I was a firstborn yeah. son. Yeah, yeah, it's a yeah, whole true. can of worms. I've missed my chance, haven't I? Yeah. I've- you could rename him, can't you? Yeah, oh, for sure. Hang on, let me just <laughs> let me Google this. What's the what's the process? Wait, wait for the beers of Bandicoot, then we'll sure. go through the process Sorry. of renaming. If anyone knows the process of renaming uh, a family member that you are the guardian of, uh, yeah. just hit us up in the comments on the YouTube. Send <laughs> me a link. He's under two. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, exactly. Sure it's not it like he knows. He yeah. doesn't know. He doesn't know. Well, he yeah. knows, but he'll relearn. It's fine. Oh yeah, yeah. It's like what a dog? You can. I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> so he wrote the case of I've already forgotten his name something Charles Ward. Dexter Ward Charles and Dexter the shadow Ward. over Innsmouth mm. The Call of Cthulhu as much of the works of H.P. Lovecraft this story is no different it comes through as a recollection of events as if read by a narrator Francis Wayland Thurston recounts the discovery of various notes <laughs> three names yeah. left by his great uncle, George Gummel Angel. Three names. It's a yeah. trend, dude. It's dude, a trend. Yeah. No doubt. A prominent professor of Semitic languages at Brown University in Providence, Rhode Island, who just who died mysteriously in the winter of 1926 after suspecting eldritch events at work. Lovecraft had a disturbing dream in 1919 and wrote about it in two letters to his friend, Reinhard Kleiner. In his dream... Lovecraft is trying to sell a sculpture he made to a museum museum of antiquity. (laughs) A museum. What do you say? I can't can't even say what you said. I just started speaking. Yeah, that was right. But it also felt like what would be the name of someone who works at a museum. (laughs) A museum or something. Yeah. Like a, a museum connoisseur. I'll start that sentence again and I okay. know, maybe Churchy will edit it out or maybe not. Who knows? He's, no, he's not going to do it. Bro, <laughs> it's 19 minutes into the episode. He was gone 18 minutes ago. Of course. He's like, yeah, it's fine. <laughs> yeah, it sounds good. Yeah. <laughs> Lovecraft is trying to sell a sculpture he had made to a museum of antiquity. The curator argues with Lovecraft, asking how he could try to sell something new to a place that values antiques. 
Why do you say this thing is new? The dreams of men are older than brooding Egypt or the con- contemplative Sphinx or garden girdled Babylon. And this was fashioned in my dreams, Lovecraft remembers saying in his dream. Interesting. Wow, that's some that's some inception level stuff right there. So he had oh, a dream explaining about how he's made this thing that was from his dream. Yeah. And his yeah. justification to selling it to an antiques place, even though it was brand new, was that the thoughts of men are old. Yeah, pretty much. Imagine that. <laughs> yeah, it's like- Imagine trying to submit my brand new laptop <laughs> to an antiques and be like, yeah, but like the person that made this, their thoughts were old. So, this is an antique. Aren't all mankind's thoughts just old? So, this is... This is antique. (laughs) Is it... Was he on... Was Lovecraft on another level or was he on a a different planet? That's (laughs) the question. Yeah. (laughs) Yes. (laughs) But but to his his credit, this was in a dream. And the the dream fox is very different to real fox (laughs) in that he punches very weakly. It's like you're in underwater. Yeah, I know. Ugh. I can't even beat up. Oh, like, I hate those dreams. Oh, man, they're the worst. Or when you're trying to run and you're slow. Yeah. Like, yeah. it must just be... Anyways. It's, it's got to be something. It's got to be something. <laughs> it's a survival thing. We're scared of our own weaknesses, which is our inability to run or punch. Fair. Our, yeah. our, our two strongest traits. Of course. <laughs> It was likely that Lovecraft drew on many different literary forms of inspiration to create Cthulhu. Works such as Alfred Tennyson's 1830 Sunday, The Kraken, and William Scott Elliott's 1896 The Story of Atlantis are both probable influences for Lovecraft. There you go. The Horror in Clay is the first chapter which concerns a small, low-relief sculpture found among the notes, which, which I described my somewhat extravagant imagination yielded simultaneous pictures of an octopus, a dragon, and a human caricature. A pulpy, tentacled head surmounted a grotesque and scaly body with rudimentary wings. Mm. The sculpture is the work of Henry Anthony Wilcox, a student at the Rhode Island School of Design, who based his creation upon a delirious dream of great cyclopean cities of titanic blocks and sky-flung monoliths all dripping with green ooze and sinister with latent horror. Wilcox references Cthulhu and Riley in letters he had written. I am trying to picture Cthulhu. I don't even know how to say it, to be honest with you. <laughs> Cthulhu? Cthulhu. Yeah. There's different ways of saying it. Cthulhu, sure. Cthulhu. There's, right. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, I've always said Cthulhu, but that's just like, I'd, I'd have to. Well, when you look right. at it, it's got the C and the TH, and yeah. It, oh, it, yeah. The trouble is, it's a language that is not meant to be spoken by humans. So sure. it's the the correct way to say it is is impossible. We don't have the capacity to say it. So, like, if Cthulhu heard you saying his name, he'd probably be like, "Oh, these foreigners can't get the accent right," you know. He'd be like, "Yeah, no, I won't yeah. Go <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah." <laughs> so octopus head, dragon wings. Scaly yep. body, you said? Scaly, slimy body, yep. But, and massive too. He is massive. He's a big boy. Yep, yep. How massive? And what oh, are we like, about? Like, like skyscraper tall. Wow. Yep. Like King Kong. Yeah, yeah, like King Kong. He could probably murder King Kong though. Oh, and, wouldn't and that Godzilla. be a, such a good movie? If Godzilla and King Kong are on the same team versus Cthulhu, he'd still fucking win. 
He'd be like, I thought you wanted a real, a fair fight. <laughs> I imagine that's what Cthulhu sounds like. Yeah. Like some anime, like, dumb yeah. voiceover. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh, it's Cthulhu. <laughs> He's too powerful. Anyways. Yeah, right. yeah. The story uncovers the origins of the great old ones, Cthulhu and the cult that worships them. A chant which appears multiple times throughout the story. Bro, now <laughs> I want a full podcast, an hour of you saying stuff like that. Man, I practiced that so many times. Like I was even saying it to myself today at work and I swear my partner, he thinks I'm crazy. So yeah, yeah. <laughs> they took and, me out there for a second because you were like my partner. And I was like, Caitlin, you're like, he thinks I'm crazy. Oh like, no, no, my work partner. That's sure, my sure. that's my You're a you're fiance. a lawyer. <laughs> you're, an, yeah. you're an attorney. <laughs> yeah. This is my partner. He has three names. <laughs> so yeah, that's... man, that would that would have sounded like you were summoning a spell. It did. Yeah. That I want carry means on. in this house at Rylech, dead Cthulhu waits dreaming. Can you say it yeah. again? No. I'm gonna put a link in the bottom where a guy on YouTube says it. Brilliantly, so he wow. watched that. Yeah, he says it. He says it like, like normally, and he says yep. it like he says it like a high priest of the of the cult, and also wow. like an old one, which is sounds like he's drowning. I don't know, but you know yeah. what's going to happen, right? You're going to link that in the YouTube description, and then the very next day, I'm going to replace that link with a clip <laughs> of you saying it at this podcast. <laughs> So, if you could, if you do that, I'll I'll accept it. Okay, good, good. <laughs> Ollie, can you clip that for me? Yeah. <laughs> Make an MP4, and I'll uh, I'll hit you. Up. He will now. He will. God damn it. Yeah. <laughs> the protagonist of the story reads an article dated April eighth, nineteen twenty five, from the Sydney Bulletin, an Australian newspaper. This article reports the discovery of a derelict ship with only one survivor, a Norwegian sailor named Gustav Johansson. Second mate on board the Emma, a schooner which originally sailed from Auckland, New Zealand. On the 22nd of March, the Emma encountered a heavily armoured yacht, the Alert, from Dunedin, a small city in the South Island of New Zealand. After being attacked by the Alert without provocation, the crew of the Emma killed everyone on board, but lost their own ship in the battle. Wow. Commandeering their opponent's vessel, the surviving crew travelled and arrived on an uncharted island at coordinates 47 degrees 9 minutes south at 126 degrees, 43 minutes west. That seems very is, specific. <clears throat> it is. And that is the entire center of this um, Cthulhu mythos. That is the, where this the city of Raleigh lies at the bottom of the ocean. Wow. Well, I mean, at the top, I guess, because it's sometimes an island, sometimes it's not. Wow. Yeah. <laughs> what was... Uh, so, the <clears throat> Emma was sunken and the alert was taken. Yeah. Yeah. So now, have they renamed it to the... No, you never rename a ship. It's bad luck. Oh, really? Okay. I didn't know that. <laughs> I'm glad. That's important because I was actually thinking about renaming my ship, so... Well, I've, I've just saved you bad luck. Yeah, I appreciate that. It, it's funny you say that because the name of my ship is bad luck. <laughs> and I was going to... You have literally just saved bad, me bad luck. Yeah. I was going to name it to good luck because I felt like that was better, but... Nah, no. it's terrible luck, dude. I don't, I don't want good luck to have bad luck, so it's going to stay bad luck. Yeah. <laughs> the story concludes with a narrator learning of a cursed voyage of sailors that encountered the lost city of Raleigh and unknowingly awoke the creature. 
the first description of Cthulhu compared it to a mountain that walks. And the sailors go on to say, it lumbered slobberingly into sight and gropingly squeezed its gelatinous green immensity through the black doorway. You laugh at your groping. Uh, all of it, man. <laughs> Everything you just said. It was a uh, hundred years ago when they wrote this. They spoke differently back then. <laughs> yeah, they tr- I, I expected when they said it was the size of a mountain for this to be a terrifying description. But can you read it again? I feel like they said it was gelatinous. And <laughs> what was the first description? It lumbered slobberingly. That's right, slobberingly. <laughs> I just immediately imagined a dog with a tennis ball in its mouth. <laughs> That's not terrifying. <laughs> Old slobbers over here, <laughs> lumbering over. <laughs> it squeezed its gelatinous green immensity through the black door. <laughs> the stars were right again, and what an age-old cult had failed to do by design, a band of innocent sailors had done by accident. Wow. After vigintillions of years, Great Cthulhu was loose again and ravening for delight. Wow. Now, I looked up what vigintillions was because I had never heard of it. And apparently it's 10 followed by 63 zeros. That's a long time. That's quite a while. Yeah. Mm. That's basically yeah. the length of lockdown for us in Victoria. <laughs> yeah. I mean, like lockdown's longer, but Yeah, close. it's close. Yeah, it's the closest. <laughs> yeah legible number we have to explain yeah <laughs> the, the length of lockdown yeah wow Love, lovecraft was increasingly producing work which returned no remuner- remuneration wow affecting a calm indifference to the reception of his works lovecraft was in reality very sensitive to criticism and easily went into withdrawal he was known to give up in trying to sell a story after he's been rejected though sometimes, mm. as with The Shadow of Innsmouth, he wrote a story that might have been commercially viable but made no effort in trying to sell it. Wow. He even, he even ignored interested publishers and failed to reply when one had written inquiring about any novel that Lovecraft might have had ready. Hmm. That's, yeah. that's kind of just... I mean, it does <laughs> seem to be a constant theme throughout history where a lot of people... Um, I would say... Uh, before their time in yeah. a sense uh they become famous after they pass or but a lot of the time it also seems like that i guess they just lack the they're, they're they've got such a passion for these things and they're so attached yeah. to them that's the, yeah that's where the greatness comes from absolutely yeah but not at the from same... making money off it like yeah yeah yeah, yeah. so it also seems they're almost disconnected <clears throat> from like making it commercial and business and yeah, and I don't know during that time as well how how saturated that market was. If that just seemed like an impossibility, so why waste your time? I don't know, but yeah, mm-hmm. seems yeah. like a a bit of a genius before his time, but also Absolutely. not super interested in commercializing it. I guess. Absolutely, I I feel like he's one of those kind of artists and and musicians, like you know that they do it for the love of what they do, not to make money and be famous. You know. Yeah. They don't want yeah. to sacrifice any part of what makes it no. good to them yeah. to make a, you know, to publish it or, yeah. I guess it's it's kind of before the whole like selling out thing, you know, like you, you didn't yeah. want to, yeah, like you, you know, that's that's when people view that as, oh, they sold out, they, you know, they changed to make money. Like he, he just stayed doing what he, what he wanted to do and what he loved doing, I guess. So, yeah. 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 Interesting. <clears throat> yeah. Uh, a few years after moving back to Providence, he and Sonia, having lived separately for so long, agreed to an amicable, amicable, 
I'm struggling to you, talk no, today. No, you got this, dude. <laughs> you spoke Rilekian. You could do anything. <laughs> Amicable divorce. There you go. Sonia had moved to California and remarried three years later, unaware that Lovecraft, despite his assurances to the contrary, had never signed the final decree. Late so, in 19... 19- say again, sorry? sorry? So they had gone for a divorce. Sure. And, and he told her that he had, but he never actually signed the papers off. Oh, so she got remarried despite them not actually being divorced. Yeah, yeah. She was technically married to two men. Yeah. I see, that's the time before the internet. (laughs) Yeah, true. You could just quickly Google something. You had to. Yeah, yeah. There was no like online form. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. You're like, well, we're in different states. I'm not going to check your paperwork. I don't have time. Yeah, you can't scan it to me. (laughs) Yeah, you can't fax it even before that. Literally, which is wild to think about, but that paper, that document, Existed only in their state and nowhere else. Yeah. Yep. Wild. (laughs) Wild, indeed. Late in 1936, The Shadow Over Innsmouth was published as a paperback book. 400 copies were printed. However, Lovecraft Lovecraft was displeased, as this book was riddled with errors that required extensive editing. It sold slowly, and only 200 copies were bound, and the remaining 200 copies were destroyed after the publisher went out of business. By this point, Lovecraft's literary career was coming to an end. There was a hostile reception of At the Mountains of Madness, which had done more, had done, quote, more than anything to end my effective fictional career, end quote. His declining psychological and physical state made it impossible for him to continue writing fiction. Wow. On, the 11th, on the 11th of June, Robert E. Howard, who Lovecraft had become friends with mid-1930, was informed that his chronically ill mother would not awaken from her coma. Upon hearing this news, Robert walked outside to his car and committed suicide with a pistol he kept in the glove box. This deeply affected Lovecraft, who consoled Robert's father through letter correspondence. Hmm. Wow. Lovecraft uh, just get, keeps getting slapped with the trauma. Hmm. So, did you say one of his books was so poorly received, one of his writings was so poorly received that it basically ended his literary career? Wow. Yeah. 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 So, that was a story he'd written quite a long time ago, but a lot of his older stuff got republished again in this Weird Tales magazine or magazine. And um, I guess that one just, people didn't like it. Wow. Yeah. That's so. I wonder what they. I wonder what the reception was. I wonder if it was like controversial in themes. It, no, it's Lovecraft possible. Could well have been. Yeah. Um, yeah. 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 Very or possible. I wonder if it was just like poorly put together, and they were just like, "This exposes him as a hacker." It's so interesting. Well, see, he was an he was an incredibly intelligent man. Like he, he it said that the um, that the story that Shadows Over Innsmouth had is had was full of errors, but like. I don't know, he was a smart dude, man. He was reading and writing at like the age of three, you know? And yeah. like yeah. I, I don't think he would have had that many errors. I think his his shopping list would have been like, you know, impeccable, like a like a haiku poem or something. Yeah. <laughs> his shopping list would have been a short story. <laughs> yeah. Exactly. People interpreted it as an actual you know, <laughs> Yeah, what does he mean story? by soap? Well, <laughs> it means, you know, you, the cleansing of your <laughs> Previous self. Yeah, exactly. What does he mean by honey? Well, it just means the new version of you is sweeter and more innocent, but it, it takes some creation. Yeah. Yeah. What does he mean by dog food? Well, <laughs> he had a dog. Okay, <laughs> yeah. 
<laughs> yeah. Um, wow. Yeah. So meanwhile, his own health was deteriorating. Due to mm. his fear of doctors, Lovecraft was not examined until only a month prior to his death. After being diagnosed with term- terminal cancer of the small intestine, he, main- he remained hospitalized and in constant pain until his death on the on the fifteenth of March, nineteen thirty seven, at the age of forty six. No, uh, wow, that's real young. Mm. Yeah, that's real young because the way you were talking about him no longer being able to write, I was mm. like, oh, he's old, dementia. Yeah. I wasn't listening to dates. No, no. old mate was. It- early 40s at that time yeah like his his illness he the funny thing was though he kept like a, a log of everything while he was in hospital until he physically couldn't hold a pen you know mm. um he wrote everything down he wrote thousands of letters throughout his lifetime um and and yeah and i think the whole um negative reception of of mountains of at the mountains of madness is was a point where he just couldn't write fiction anymore um yeah, because yeah. earlier you did say how he was so receptive and sensitive to criticism. Yeah. yeah. So to have that massive onslaught of, you know, because by this point he's he's much more well known. Yeah. And then he's, you know, copping all this flack. He probably yeah. just, it probably just soured writing in general. And yeah, that makes yeah. sense. Yeah, absolutely. Um, wow. sa- sadly, Lovecraft was relatively unknown during his time. Mm. While his works appeared in pulp magazines, not many people knew his name and, and his recognition didn't come until after his death. He did, however, correspond regularly with contemporary writers such as August Derleth, who became who became friends, although never actually meeting in person. Um, his group became known as the yeah, Pen Pals, yeah, 1930s Pen Pals. Yeah. His group became known as the Lovecraft Circle encouraging each other to freely borrow motifs and creatures from each other's works. Hmm. Uh, after his death, the Lovecraft circle carried on and August Derleth founded Arkham House, a publishing company, to keep Lovecraft's work in print while also adding to and expanding upon his vision. The That's pretty awesome. Ha- yeah, oh, yeah, man. It's, it's, it's insane what, what he did and, and all these different writers that collaborated and, and have have. In using him not only as inspiration but expanding upon the universe that he that he created mm. um, the works of hp lovecraft have influenced many writers and creators stephen king has cited lovecraft as a major influence upon his works alan moore has described lovecraft as being informative being a informative influence on his graphic novels and john carpenter's films include references and quotations of lovecraft fiction yeah yeah nuts such an influential yeah. figure in wargaming, tabletop games. Oh, absolutely. And to think at the time, he couldn't even sell really 200 copies of one of his books. Could you imagine how much money one of those copies would be? Oh, man, today? if they hadn't destroyed them. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, yeah. I mean, like, uh, you know, th- at least $1,000, I reckon, because he he's not... You know, he's not, he's a name that's known, but I guess people probably aren't itching to like collect his things. It's not like, I don't know, like Robert Downey Jr.'s like tea bag or something like that. Like it's just sure. like, sure, interesting choice. <laughs> interesting choice. I don't know. There's a lot of people that would pay a lot of money for Robert Downey Jr.'s some. tea bag. Yeah. 
I'm sure there's some. But yeah. um like yeah. you know, he's got his like works have inspired so many things. Like, you know, like I mean, in our hobby Sure, there's probably there's there's only one I can think of, which is a Lovecraftian, you know, mythos war game. But like, you know, you can just look at so many different miniatures and different ranges, and you can see the inspiration. You know, you can see mm. these creatures and like things like the movie The Thing. You know, like it's just a the horror isn't something like a, a jump scare or a ghost or a demon or something like that. It's just something that like makes humanity look so insignificant, and that's the that's the thing of cosmic horror. You know, like. Just yeah. being like the whole feeling of, of everything just being so massive, massive, and you feeling like an ant, you know, where you yeah. won't affect anything, or, or you know, like it's an existential yeah. horror met it is. with met with like uh, I guess his realism that his stories start out with, yeah, makes it so relatable too, and and that's that's how you're able to engage with it. Like it wouldn't absolutely feel terrifying if it was this far out, you know, universe. Like if you look at in our small world, the 40 K universe. Yeah. Yeah. And you go, if you were uh, like a, a regular, whatever human guardsman. Yeah. You'd feel insignificant. Yeah. But it's, you're so disconnected from it. You're like, they would feel insignificant. Yeah, no, you yourself don't. It's no. not that Im- immersive because it's it doesn't have that realism to it at the start. So no, that's what yeah the story and it, and it just pro- they progress and they get more and more. Um, you know the the horror actually begins to unfold and and that's that's what makes his his story so great. Is that yeah they start off just like any other story. You could be reading a you know like a, a like <laughs> like a romance novel and then all of a sudden it just takes a turn. Like yeah, you know, so. Yeah. 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 It's um ah oh, it's it's unique, you know. It's unique. And I guess like it still keeps its its individuality and its uniqueness, although it's been expanded on countless times and, and been re reborn and you know, like um I'm not gonna say recreated because it, nothing recreates it, but like yeah reimagined maybe, you yeah. know. Yeah, for yeah, for sure. What after doing now two deep dives into old mate's life, yeah, what did you? What was your like your biggest takeaway, or maybe the thing that surprised you the most, or the thing that stood out to you from mm. Lovecraft, or rather, like after doing these deep dives too, yeah, do you have an inspiration to go listen to one of his stories in particular, or? Or play a game that's heavily influenced. I would play a game heavily influenced, like in a heartbeat. You know, like um, I listened to so many audiobooks in the process of, of writing this um, and putting all this stuff together. And um, yeah, like it was. It, yeah, I mean, I don't know. Like, it's just, it's just a. I, I find it so interesting, you know, and, and I, I. I just yeah i froth all, all of his works and i haven't listened to everything but i've listened to the majority of what i've got um wow. which is one little collection you know there's a dozen books in there or something like that and again they're all short stories you know the longest one probably goes for like an hour but if you've read some of, or listened to some of the you know other novels that go for like 20 hours it's just insane yeah. so yeah. yeah all my yeah. books are like uh all my audio books are like 20 30 yeah. 40 hours yeah, yeah. It's just like you sit, you look at it and you go, 
who's got the time like you yeah know? yeah but, i mean it's the best thing because like you can be doing other stuff before you do it you can be driving to work or whatever you know it's not like you physically reading that book could take yeah. you you know 40 hours depends if you read as fast as the narrator does yeah um it could take yeah. you longer so yeah yeah that's yeah. true yeah. What um, what was I going to say? Oh, uh, having never listened, read anything H.P. Lovecraft, are his books hard to follow in terms of the, like you know the older older writings in English and terms yeah. that they use? Probably the terminology might. Uh, it's it's not like. Be, it's it's older you can definitely get the the vibe that it's from a different time but like it's not like you're listening to something that was written like 400 years ago you know yeah. where yeah. like the writing is is insanely it's not different. in old english yeah yeah yeah, yeah. so like yeah I, I i think i think anyone could listen to it and follow along pretty pretty easily cool um you know, you just have to, you just have to listen to descriptions like slobberingly and gropingly, I guess. Yeah, so. and you have to not care about his, um, you know, him forcing his immensity into any holes or whatever <laughs> yes. you said after that. <laughs> A doorway, but yes, <laughs> I believe you said hole, black hole. <laughs> I haven't mentioned the word hole at all. You definitely have. I didn't. No, you I didn't. I'm looking Read at the whole sentence right again. Yeah, yeah, go. It, it lumbered slobberingly into sight and gropingly squeezed its gelatinous green immensity through the black doorway. Oh, the black doorway. That's <laughs> yeah. right. No, you did say yeah. that. Yeah. What you said and where my brain went were just was a, a fork in the road. <laughs> yeah. 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 Wow, man. Yeah. So, yeah. Um, I hope you, I hope you guys listening and, and watching enjoyed it. Um, this is something that I loved doing. I, I've loved doing all these deep dives so far, and look forward yeah. to doing more in the future. Um, I need a minute. So totally. I think mate, I'll grab the next one, dude. It's okay. Yeah, dude. Yeah, yeah. Bloody oath. Bloody I don't know oath. what though. So I mean, whatever your if, heart desires. Yeah, yeah. I found um, the history of. Avalon Hill, um, very oh, yes, very interesting, and just we talked that, about that in our old school war games episode. So yes, yeah, yeah. Like that'd be sick. Yeah, I mean, I was about to say, but it's probably too late now. But go listen to part one of Lovecraft, HP Lovecraft deep dive if you haven't already. <laughs> I mean, if you made it this far, surely you have, or <laughs> yeah. or you like the Star Wars approach where you read the <laughs> most present information first. That's fine. Yeah. yeah. Um, Trust me, uh, our part one is better than uh, episode one. So, well, it's a low bar, but <laughs> yeah, also, yeah. how dare you? <laughs> sequels were incredible. Um, no. <laughs> <laughs> no, you're yeah, wrong. yeah. Old school war gaming. We talked a little bit about Avalon Hill because of one of the games we sussed out. So, yeah, yeah. I could do. Yeah, I'd like to look into that. But also, if you're listening and there's something in the war gaming universe, be it a lore of a particular faction from a game we don't have to know anything about it the we get so much joy from researching going to old codexes that existed 20 30 years ago yeah yeah or articles that are hard to find there's just such a joy in just trying to find information from a time before we were even born yeah yeah and using that with contemporary stuff to to really nut out be it the history of a person or a game so hit us up in the comments in the discord whatever if you're like this would make I, i'm super interested in hearing more about blah let us know that'd be yeah. dope 
Yeah, hell yeah. And you can find links to the Discord on hobbyhomies.com. Um, there's yeah. also links there to all our other stuff, like our YouTube channel, uh, Patreon. You can email us if you want to get in touch with us that way. Um, yeah. And, yeah, all, all, all that stuff too. Yeah, socials, yeah, yeah. So, so effect, there's yeah. like I think I feel like there's eight buttons there. So if you just there's like <laughs> you just like click all of them and then like and or follow us on each of those buttons. Yeah, that'd be sick. Yeah, uh, that's basically that basically makes our careers successful. Mm-hmm. Like yeah. Basically, if if someone clicks all eight buttons, well, one of them is an email, isn't it? <laughs> yeah. Follow yeah, us on it. the Gmail, dude. <laughs> <laughs> click the merch button yeah we've got some t-shirts some, uh, on there hats and that stuff you know we got uh, i haven't even told you shane mm-hmm. we got a new tea coming oh it's, no way it's on the horizon it's a Hell spicy yeah. quesadilla of a tea oh, love that shit so we've got our newest tea on there called just a schooner thanks which is a beers yep. and banter tea um yeah which is sweet but we've yep. also we're actually going to start rotating some of our merch too so if there's anything yeah. on there that you think, oh, I might like to grab that. Um, snag it now because it might be gone oh, soon. Yeah, they it, it'll are. be back later. Maybe, <laughs> maybe. It's Most just the likely, way that but... <laughs> it works. We've only got so many from our supply that we're allowed to supply. So yeah, yeah. Um, one new one, which oh man, I'm so excited to show. I see you. what anyways. you're doing, dude. You took a page out of GW's book and you're creating artificial hype and FOMO. So totally, get those teas before they're gone because they might not be coming back. Quickly, everyone, <laughs> grab it now! Grab it now! Get it now! Um, <laughs> nah, I mean Please. we can figure something out if, if yeah, no, no, yeah. <laughs> Don't sweat it. We're not GW. We're nah, actually nah. forced to rotate our stuff, but we hope to bring yeah. things back and whatnot. So yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, and buying all that stuff helps us immensely. Like it's the same as our patrons. You know, we couldn't be doing this to the extent that we are without you guys. No Um, way. I got, I got a feeling had these lockdowns continued, and we didn't have the support from you guys, even you guys just listening and clicking all the buttons all the time, um, we we wouldn't be able to do this. So we we couldn't thank you more. And if we did, it wouldn't be to the level that it is now. Obviously, we don't think we're some god tier podcast. Oh no, we we just wouldn't have YouTube um the sound quality wouldn't be as good there's a heap of things that we would have had to sacrifice in fact go listen to our earlier discord episodes in season one <laughs> yeah yeah that's kind of what you would have gotten for an entire season had it not been for our patreon so thank you so much yep You're incredible. i used i used the heads the uh, microphone on my old logitech headset and it sounds like i'm oh man i mean like we both sound like garbage tin you can know what? Or something. <laughs> i remember i remember recording it and being like that sounds good like compared yeah. to you know what it could, could be, be nothing <laughs> yeah yeah exactly and then we went yeah. and listen i go back and listen to it now i'm like should we delete these or yeah, yeah they should just vanish <laughs> off everything <laughs> yeah <laughs> <We've> done- <laughs> hobby homies season one episode one history has been rewritten dude <laughs> <laughs> for sure so patrons yeah. you're incredible yeah yeah massive thank you massive thank you to you guys as always we've got bernsey whack final joey p lucky mj lethal moose and pinny we got Elko, Dave, Churchy, Rad, Oliver, Hawkers, Agro, Gritty. You're all incredible. Once again, thank you so much for bringing this episode to our audience. Yep. And also giving, yeah. I mean, we have so much fun doing these. These are Hell the yeah. thing that we look forward to throughout the week, recording these and beers and banter and everything else. Um, we've, we've also got all our other homies and and patrons coming up on the screen. 
Yeah, Maybe true. after I'm saying this, I don't know when Churchy puts it in, but you know, <laughs> no one knows when Churchy puts you, it in, man. You, you join just enjoy our, the ride. You join. Oh, hey, that's uh, very <laughs> sexual. You join our Patreon, and your name can be here. That's it. You're pointing on the screen, but it literally will be over you. You'll, yeah. you'll disappear. Unless I've missed it or that was like 15 minutes ago. And I'm just... Yeah, it's like mid-roll. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I don't so know like, what, what are they talking does. about. <laughs> yeah, who knows? <laughs> He's a magical man of mystery yeah, and art. He He's is. kind of like H.P. Lovecraft. He is indeed. <laughs> Jack, Daniel Church, three names. You just doxed him, dude. <laughs> he, lives at, he lives at Jack Daniel Church. <laughs> all right guys thank you so much for hanging around especially this long in the episode and we'll see you next week all right now that the the episode's over what do you reckon of sharpies ah bro do you have a sharpie with you right now it's downstairs (laughs) come on man (laughs) that was actually a magic trick (laughs) yeah just vanished Gone, like us. Peace. (laughs) Spirit.